Welcome back to Camping is Cancelled. That's Caitlin. And that's Genevieve. And today, we're not doing a typical blind read. We are actually on Reddit. And I found myself in the subreddit, True Crime. Okay, okay. Well, real quick, should we explain to the people, because I know we have people that listen that maybe aren't on reddit Mm -hmm. and aren't super familiar with the difference between doing a blind read yes article case versus talking through something on reddit so so versus a blind read where we went and we found an article that was Mm -hmm. beautifully written it was in depth a published yes uh published in a actual like magazine or book or something yeah whereas even if you don't know anything about reddit i'm sure you've heard of am i the asshole Mm -hmm. um that's a really big one there's a lot of crossover from reddit to different things on instagram and tiktok and it's basically just a catch-all forum Mm -hmm. for talking about literally anything and everything that you can think of so people will post questions Mm -hmm. and then people will put answers to those questions there will just be threads that will be made on different topics and like anything else there is uh let's see what are we looking at right now this is reddit's true crime Mm -hmm. forum that has 2.8 million members so this is just a massive forum where normal folk like ourselves are essentially posting a very long in-depth comment Mm -hmm. that's in a story form and if there are we've done our best to find ones that are um you know well cited that are legitimately sourced and not just people saying random shit we will link any article links in the show notes of cases that we talk about today so that you can look into details for yourselves but just know that we are reading a reddit post this is not an accredited journalistic article this is not our own research this is just something that we found that was interesting Mm -hmm. that we wanted to take you guys through and similarly to the blind read all we have done is read the intro up front we do not know where this comment is going to take us so it's a case that neither of us have heard of yes and so without further ado this is the story that was posted by luna's world x titled bella daniela and dolce the badoo triple crime lights out campers Daniela Mendoza, Bella, Angel Dolce. These are some of the nicknames given to the Venezuelan woman's sensual image on dating apps. Her preferred app was Badu, a personal dating website where she would entice guys into her trap with increasingly explicit sexual undertones. She was the hook and a half of the criminal binomial, often trinomial, that abducted, robbed, tied with brittles, 
and brutally beaten and shocked two men in Zaragoza, Spain. I apologize if I mispronounced that. <laughs> Zaragoza, Spain. Zaragoza. I have never heard Mm-mm. of that before and never heard of Badoo before nope. either. And it's spelled B-A-D-O-O if anybody's interested. Maybe Badoo. that's Bumble or Tinder yeah. in their language. Yeah, that's a, huh, it's possible. The third was assassinated. According to the autopsy, Dolce Angel and her lover buried him alive after crushing his skull and ribs. Oh, God. Okay. So we're just diving on in. We're just diving right in. Florin J., a 37-year-old Romanian truck driver, was her first victim. Okay, and by her, they mean Daniela Mendoza. Yes. Who also goes by Bella, who also goes by Angel. Yes. Dulce. He met Daniela Mendoza, a supposedly young Dominican girl, through Badu on July 26, 2019 in Galur, Zaragoza. She asked him to meet on an obscure and lonely bridge that connected the village to the countryside. When Florin arrived there, She was standing, waiting near an old gray Mercedes car. Florin thought nothing of the car and didn't ask her about it. When Daniela got in Florin's car, she asked him to take her to her grandmother's house to pick up a jacket as she was feeling cold. As they got closer to the supposed house, the dirt road became more difficult to drive through and there was less lighting that could illuminate the road. When they arrived at the house, which looked abandoned, two individuals forced Florin out of his Renault Clio, threw him to the ground, tied bridles around his wrists and feet, bound him with a rope around his hands and feet, and gagged him with duct tape. You know what will happen to you if you don't cooperate, they threatened him, with a knife to his neck while electrocuting him with an electric cunt. Jesus Christ. This is a bit, a bit overkill. I mean. They just had their kit of like torture devices and were like, use them all. Let's use them all at once. Zero to NASA. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Ah. They even took off his shoes to make it harder for him to escape. When Florin gave them his card and PIN number, they left him tied up in a cane field. He managed to escape and seek help knocking on a nearby farmhouse door where he was attended by a mother and son who helped him with everything. However, when police wanted to take action, it was already too late. Daniela and her criminal partners had taken down the dating profile and contacted their next victim using a new one. Oh my god. Goodness. That is sinister. We'll also definitely post a picture of mm-hmm. Daniela. When I first saw her, my first thought was, wow, she's really pretty. And then I thought, oh my god, she has scary dead eyes. Yep. Yikes. Like. Hard yikes. Ah. But like when you look at that picture, you don't. It's so weird. It looks very typical dating app picture. She's got beautiful teeth, beautifully done makeup. She's just like, hey, look at me. Having a good time, girl. And then just completely bamboozles you. On to the second victim, 
Julian L., a 59-year-old divorced businessman who now lives in Tadula, contacted Bella, a young Brazilian woman also on, also on Badu. I like mature men, she texted him, and spoke about the underwear she would be wearing the day they'd met. The day they'd meet. Julian was meant to go to a nearby town party on the 4th, but stopped first in Lucinia to meet up with Bella. He was traveling by train, as he didn't know how to drive. When he got off the train at the Lucinia... Am I... You think I'm saying that right? Lucini? I think it's Lucini. 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 Because when I... Yeah. It's either Lucini or Lucini, but I think it's Lucini. Don't quote me on that, though. I'm pretty sure it's Lucini. I'm go with Lucini. When he got off the train at the Lucini train station, he saw the silhouette of the supposed Bella on the other side of the rails. She was flashing her mobile phone at him so that he could locate her. The station was empty. Julian, on an interview, said it felt scary. Yeah. Uh. When he approached Bella, she was extremely affectionate with him. She kissed his neck and hugged him warned him that they would have a great time that weekend. He got into Bella's car, an old gray Mercedes, the aforementioned, and drove off to the countryside. They were supposedly alone. Mm -hmm. However, while driving on a dirt road, he was hit from behind on the head with a big wrench. Um, rude. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Excuse you. That is cartoonish. It really is. God damn. Her crime partner, a tall and strong man, was hiding in the back seat, waiting for the perfect moment to attack him. Julian managed to run away while she shouted from the car, kill that son of a bitch who's getting away. Oh my god. Goodness. The criminals got him and the woman mounted a gun and pointed it at his head. <gasps> he thought he was going to be killed. Like Florin, he was tied up and gagged and thrown into the boot of the car. They even broke one of his legs while tying him. Julian declared he was really struggling to breathe during the car ride as he had his mouth covered with hard tape and his head with a black cloth bag. Jesus. When they arrived, they stole everything from him, 650 euros and his belongings. They wanted his family to pay 12,000 euros for the ransom. Otherwise, they would cut off his finger. Oh, God. I'd be like, throw in an extra thousand to ensure my finger does not come off. Yeah. No. Julian was clever enough to not give any of his family details and proceeded to tell them, do whatever you want to me, but I will not give you any of my family details. You can kill me. Oh my God. I mean, I don't know how I'd react, but I don't know if that's the one. Yeah. I've been like, here's my husband's number. Mm-hmm. Here's my mama and daddy's address. You want the social security? You want the license plate? I got it for you. <laughs> his work schedule, you know. His his daily habits. Where I think he dropped some change in the couch. Yep. Like. I got you. <laughs> but really, though, this is smart because. Yeah. Yeah. He's way, way tougher than I would be. 100%. They shouted back, we will throw you in a river. However, the criminal pair gave up and left him hooded and badly wounded in the middle of a field. He managed to escape with a broken leg, skipping with his good leg and crawling on the ground until he saw a road. No one stopped for him on the road, so he decided to sit on the 
side waiting for someone to pass by. A tractor passed and the driver asked if he was okay. He was then taken to the hospital and then to the police office. Hmm. Yikes. Like that poor man. He just thinks he's gonna go have a nice adult fun time with a beautiful woman and then you just get clocked in the back of the head with a fucking How? wrench. I just feel like it's so aggressive of a tactic just to rob somebody. Yeah, it's so overkill. Like I don't I don't get it. The level of violence and like breaking the bones the taser the maybe it's because they're just trying to show them a we mean business yeah i guess jesus christ i mean i just looked it up at least today 650 euros is 701 u.s dollars okay and like even then it's just like it's not it's not that much money i don't i don't know that just seems really aggressive yeah. Again, for simply robbing yes, someone. Yes, very much overkill. Now we go to the third and last known victim. Quote, If I don't have a good time, I'll be back soon. If I don't come back at the weekend, I'll go straight back to work on Monday. Quote, Jose Antonio Delgado Fresnedo, 54, a computer scientist from Ghetto... Vizcaya, Spain, said goodbye to his parents on September 6th, as he did every Friday. He told his friend Fernando that he would be meeting a girl he had contacted with through Badoo, named Dulce. On Tuesday the 10th, his father reported him missing to the Ertanza Vasque police. He had money and cards, a few changes of clothes, and her brand new red Mercedes C220 coupe. That day was his sister's birthday, and he did not call to congratulate her. It was the first time in his life. There was indeed something wrong. On the 13th, the Guardia Civil located the Mercedes. Antonio F., a man from Zaragoza, had bought it through the website Milanuncios from an individual for 21,000 euros, of which he had given her 11,000. I didn't mistrust it because the woman gave me the original ID of the owner, and in the documentation of the car was the same phone number I called, the buyer explained to the agents. The woman was the same Badoo hunter, but he knew nothing of this story at the time. The missing person's bank cards had been used to withdraw money from five different cash machines in the province. The Guardia Civil requested the collaboration of its citizen security units in the area and distributed the images of the individual who had withdrawn money from the ATMs. A sergeant at the Pedrola Post recognized him. It's Mohammed Akrof, he told his colleagues. He has two restraining orders against two women who live in the town, and for the last six months, he has been in a relationship with a third woman. The suspect lived in an industrial building on the outskirts of Pedrola. On September 27th, the agents found the grave of Jose Antonio Delgado in the Salto del Lobo Ravine in Pedrola. Oh my God. He was buried 
naked and alive, already dying from injuries, as confirmed by the autopsy. And he had remains of earth in his pharynx, larynx, and esophagus. He had head trauma, multiple rib fractures, and marks on his wrists. My God. Wow. So... These people are truly evil. This is... I mean, we read about and talk about fucked up stuff, but I don't understand the level of sadistic overkill. This is really scary. And I guess, like, in his case, it obviously he had money on him mm-hmm. but i'm assuming money with the from the car yeah as well yeah. and again it's just like so little it's over so little to violently attack someone like that it's just the fact that they're going through the dating sites having mm-hmm. a, a change of name blah 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 blah, blah mm-hmm. hitting up different areas yeah it's like what made you not kill the first two but then brutally like right it almost appears with our very limited information of this case but it looks like they were sadistically enjoying the violence of what they were doing and that there was a pattern of escalation happening and it's also possible that they didn't mean to kill him yeah but but no, it but says he was buried. Two, yeah, the first two were tied. Yeah, whereas and left in a field. he was buried. I don't know. So so messed up. We conclude with the finding of the criminals on October second, when the other two victims, both represented by the lawyer Jose Cabrejas, had already identified the woman in photographs. The Venezuelan head Angeline. Arisha. Arietta. Arietta. Fuck me. I can't. Hey, you got that first word. That was a long word. Hedangeline. Hedangeline Arita and her partner, Mohammed Akroff, were arrested. In the searches, the agents found the evidence of their three savage attacks parts of Florence Renault, his phone, his papers, and the taser pistol, which they shocked him with. They also found a pistol with a magazine, the one that Bella used to threaten the businessman from Tudela, and of course, the belongings of the computer scientist, Jose Antonio Delgado. The arrested woman asked to go to the toilet during the search of the house. Mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Go squat in those bushes, babe. Mm-mm. Minutes later, an officer found a gold chain and a wedding ring floating in the toilet. Oh, These two pieces of jewelry, which the victim never gave up, directly implicated her in the murder of the computer scientist, Jose. The investigators attributed the same role to both of them. She also played the role of a sexual hook. She was neither Brazilian nor Dominican, but Venezuelan, and had requested asylum in our country. She was neither Bella nor Daniela. The network of contacts was her perfect fishing ground. Mm. Wow. Wow. Interesting. That was that. And then it says, um, according to the link, mm-hmm. Angeline, which was her real name, 
and her partner in crime, Mohammed, both got 34 years. Um, try goodbye forever for brutally killing and sadistically attacking two other people. That does not seem long enough. I don't know. In this type of not in this climate, (laughs) yeah, and not in this economy, in this time or this type of killing, it seems like it should be you take a life, you get life in prison. This was not an accident. It was not a whoopsie. Clearly premeditated. So premeditated. So enjoyed sadistically. Like that's so gross. Should we see what some of the comments on this have to say? Because you know, you know, we love a comment. There aren't many comments on this one, actually. Let's see if there's any good ones here. There was one that I saw that I need to. Let's see. This person says a 37 year old Romanian truck driver was her first victim. He met Daniela Mendoza, a supposedly young Dominican girl. He sounds like a criminal, not someone we should be mourning. A 37-year-old man setting up a sexual meeting with what he thinks is a young Dominican girl is a pedophile. Hmm. If he genuinely believed that she was a child, that is despicable. But But people use that word girl a lot of times to mean young woman. We also have a language barrier that I would... I don't know. Well, but normally with those dating apps and i know it could be lying yeah but it shows age yeah and you have to be at least 18 so i don't think that's necessarily fair to say um i don't know and while i won't disagree if he was a pedophile yeah absolutely you know but i don't think there's evidence within this case to definitive definitively say Say he thought she was a child yeah that person is very quick to dismiss his life and make a wild assumption yeah i don't know yeah that was pretty much there's not very many comments Mm -mm. i'd never heard of that before that was crazy yeah we'll link the rest of the articles that this person used to put together this uh in the show notes so you guys can check it out but holy shit stay off of baboo Badoo. Badoo. <laughs> Baboo. <laughs> uh, it's too close to the Babadook. Oh, mm-hmm. Yes, you are absolutely right. Which is an automatic right. note for me. Which is a hard pass. Oh, yeah. I just throat punched that child. Ugh. Yeah. Alrighty then, on to our next one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our next story is brought to us by Moondog151, who actually, I have been through his stuff mm-hmm. and he does really good write-ups oh, they do awesome. really good write-ups awesome cool um and this one is a 21 year old college student and mother would be found strangled to death at their home when police checked cctv cameras in the area they found a woman dressed in a niqab fleeing the scene this woman would turn out to be a man and the events that transpired would horrify egypt hmm Mm-mm. interesting i love these cases from 
the other side of the world that we've never ever remotely heard of Mm -hmm. because you get into the the true crime sphere in the U.S. and like all the blogs all the TikToks all the podcasts it's kind of like a pool of similar cases which I mean is understandable because we have our own infamous cases but also my brain is thinking Mm -hmm. it's so weird how we sensationalize crime in America yeah not idolize it but we we obsess over it for sure whereas like and i hate that it's my automatic thinking but then Mm -hmm. we go to these other countries and Mm -hmm. i think of it as an actual crime versus entertainment an interesting story yeah like it does that make sense without sounding like i'm not trying to be offensive or anything i hate that that's how my brain goes Mm -hmm. i yeah i think i i see what you're saying yeah you feel a realness to it that yes. feels removed when we have to talk about cases in our own country because we've heard many of them over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again but when you are really forced to look at something for the first time that's not already been over analyzed it's yes i think that our our perspective becomes a little jaded Mm -hmm. when someone else's story is recycled over and over and that person the victim becomes kind of lost in the recycling of a sensational story and being able to hear a case for the very first time Mm -hmm. really allows that victim who ultimately is the most important person in the story to in our minds take center stage because we're not going into it already knowing what's going to happen already knowing the theories the controversies the dramas right you just hear for the first time what exactly happened and we feel that and it happens to be other countries that we're hearing Mm -hmm. that i'm hearing cases Mm -hmm. that i haven't heard from so thank you for putting that in a nicer way because (laughs) i truly feel like i sounded no i understood what you were trying to say because i i mean i feel the same i feel the same way i when you see the same infamous cases and faces plastered everywhere Mm -hmm. all the time it's very easy to become desensitized and that's not a good thing no but it just is what it is so yeah let's continue let's get on in on June 17th, 2020, Iraqi-born Hussein Muhammad Abdullah Hamed, a 22-year-old man and owner of a clothing store living in the village of Mid-Antar located in Egypt's Dakalia Governorate, was walking home to his wife and nine-month-old child. After returning to his apartment, he found his wife dead and hanging by a bathrobe. The child was unharmed. Oh, thank God. Hanging by a bathrobe? Oh my gosh. Jesus. His wife was a 21-year-old engineering student named Iman Adel Hassan Abdo. Iman had married her husband Hussein in 2018, and the couple soon had a child together. The police arrived and it didn't take long for them to determine that despite the hanging, 
Eamon's death was far from a suicide. She had bruises on her neck and face, and the police determined that the marks on her neck were not from a hanging, but rather from being strangled by the tie of the robe. They also found a cloth with strange substances on it and some hairs under Eamon's nails. She also had signs of sexual intercourse, which occurred after her death. Ugh. So, it feels weird even saying sexual intercourse, which occurred after her death. I, because we know that's that just implies consent, and that was not the case. So, we'll call that what it is, and that she was raped. There were no signs of forced entry, which means that the killer either had a key or Eamon let her killer in. When questioned, her husband Hussein denied giving anyone else a key to the apartment. After the murder, there was an outpouring of grief from the small village of Mitantar, and Eamon's burial took place soon after her death with thousands of villagers attending the proceedings, including Hussein. Meanwhile, the police continued their investigation and decided to check the nearby CCTV cameras located at shops adjacent to the apartment and thought, and through this, they discovered a woman wearing a niqab entering the apartment around the time of the crime before leaving. Although the niqab completely covers the body and face of the wearer, the police were still able to track the movements of this woman. The police kept examining CCTV cameras and discovered that this woman was actually a man. A man the day prior had purchased a niqab from a clothing store near the scene of the murder, and in fact, it was the same clothing store that Amon's husband, Hussein, owned. Oh my gosh. Oh God. Ugh. They identified this man as a 33-year-old, Ahmed Rida Al-Shahat Ahmed and an employee of Hussein's <gasps> store. No. Oh my gosh! Uh. Gosh. They went to his home to arrest him, and once he was confronted with the CCTV tapes, he confessed. After his arrest, Ahmed then told the police an interesting story. He stated that Hussein paid him 100,000 Egyptian pounds not to murder Amon, but rather to rape her and take photographs for evidence. What? Ahmed stated that Hussein had given him the money to buy the niqab in order to hide his face and a key to the apartment in order to carry out the crime. The police believed his story because after further investigations, they learned that Iman and Hussein's marriage was far from a happy one. The couple had recently been arguing as Hussein wanted to divorce Iman and there was another woman from a different village he wanted to marry. Instead, while Aman could devote herself to her studies and raising her baby. Oh my god. So he just wanted to nope out of the whole ass life that he had built. So to nope out of that, he Jesus. paid somebody to rape her, take pictures, and then he was just going to divorce her? That doesn't make what? any... Unless his plan was to... Like humiliate her? Humiliate her and say that she was having an affair. And here's the pictor evidence evidence what Guys, a, if that is true what a piece of literal human shit i will never understand just get divorced yeah well, i you took away a child's mother you took away a yeah. 
woman's life. This is so... Ah. This is beyond. Wow, that's not where... I did not expect that to go this way. Oh. Aman rejected at first, but then her family intervened and suggested that Hussein could divorce Aman, but grant her obligated legal and financial rights from the divorce. After hearing this, it was now Hussein's turn to oppose the divorce and arrangement. Oh, so he didn't want to support. Oh my gosh. Oh my. Mm. According to Hamid, while further interrogated, Hussein decided to find a way to divorce his wife without having to uphold these obligations, and that was to fabricate a dishonorable act and create a sex and ethics scandal. There it is. That being having Ahmed rape Iman so that Hussein could then use that as an excuse to divorce her. God. However, Iman fought back and her baby cried loudly, prompting Ahmed to strangle her to death and then violate her body after death, even though by that point it wasn't needed. Ugh. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm so pissed. Two pieces of shit found each other. He did contact Hussein after committing the deed because he figured he would report to him, to the police, for botching the job he gave him. Because of this, it seemed that Hussein's shock at finding his wife dead was at least partially genuine. Based on this, the police arrested Hussein and he confessed to his involvement in the crime. Hmm. Suffice to say, Egypt was outraged, and with Iman being considered martyred and numerous cities took to social media demanding retribution for Iman and severe punishment given to Hussein and Ahmed with a hashtag calling for their execution becoming trending in Egypt. Damn. I have very mixed feelings leaning towards... It shouldn't exist for the death penalty. But you know what? I wouldn't be trying to get that hashtag taken down. That's all I'm going to say on that front. Don't know if I would post the hashtag, but... Mm. Would I actively oppose it? Knowing what we know? No. The first court hearings took place on October 17th, 2020. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. I did not realize this was so recent. Yep. It started June 17th. God. Day after my birthday. Oh. (laughs) Make it about me. (laughs) (laughs) Narcissistic bitch. Sorry. (laughs) However, the trial was postponed to November 19th, 2020. The reason for the postponement was so that the defense could have time to review the prosecution's witness, and so a forensic examination could be detected on Hussein as injuries were observed on him. Once that day came, the trial was postponed again, this time to December 24, 2020. This time, it was so that the defense could have time to review the forensic reports, so that a DNA could be done on the two accused along with their fingerprints being taken. On April 18, 2021, the two would be found guilty, with sentencing scheduled for June 22, 2021. When that day came, both Hussein Mohammed Abdullah Hamed and Ahmed Reda al-Shahat Ahmed were sentenced to death by hanging, with the judge remarking, quote, this crime 
hurt the hearts of the Egyptians. Hussein's attorney filed a motion to halt the execution and appealed the sentence stating that 14 legal errors occurred during the trial and investigation which would exonerate his client. It remains to be seen whether any appeals will be heard and a date for Hussein and Ahmed's execution has yet to be set. Something worth noting is that Hussein's attorney is named Ashraf Nabil. He is a famous and well-known lawyer in Egypt with decades of experience and was involved in several high-profile cases and is stated to be the second highest paid lawyer in the country. Wow. That was not the ride I was expecting that to go on. Also, do you remember ever hearing a single goddamn thing about that Mm -mm. during COVID? Mm -mm. What the... That is one of the most disgusting things. Ugh. I, I just don't get it. I don't... I know it's... Um, I'm well, looking at everything with my hawk's eye view. Yeah. I just don't get the thought process that people go through. I want a divorce. Mm-hmm. I don't want to support my ex-wife and the child yeah. that I chose to have with her. Yeah. So I am going to pay somebody the money that mm-hmm. I could have used to fucking support my child yeah. and my ex-wife to Ugh. rape her, humiliate her. But instead I paid him to kill her. Yeah whoopsie it's terrifying as well that the fear of the shame of a failed marriage is actually enough that you would do that like i wish i could remember the case specifically i know there's multiple cases um with this involvement Mm -hmm. but it reminds me of people using religion Mm -hmm. as an excuse to well i don't want to get a divorce because that's bad in the eyes of the church yeah so i'm going to kill instead (laughs) oh yes yes and that like that's better somehow like somehow in these Mm -hmm. people's minds like yeah and they're making it then it becomes entirely about themselves because they have no consideration for what they're going to do to their partner it's all about how i come out at the other end of this i come out looking like a victim i come out looking like the martyr who survived their spouse being killed and that appeals to them whereas the shame of a divorce air quotes and the social outcasting they can't child into it you're not even thinking about your child yeah taking away a parent like performing a traumatic incident for your child to experience and i hope that baby is okay well that was a fun one Gosh. As you can imagine, all the comments are very much enraged with yeah, the outcome of a divorce that should have ended in a divorce, but didn't. Yeah. Oh, this person says something interesting um, in addition to them just echoing what we already said. Mm-hmm. They also said, in this case, he knew that 
her rape would make her, quote, damaged goods in the view of the Egyptian courts. Mm. And that would actually help him in this divorce. And that's what, yeah. So, my God. Like, ugh. So, so horrible. Oh, yep. Completely agree with the people commenting. And we already... Mm -hmm. kind of fixed it saying she was raped she did not have sexual intercourse post-mortem that is impossible yeah but this guy for one accepting payment to rape somebody but no he killed her and then he was like you know what i was paid to do the job so Mm. i might as well still do the job disgusting it is i also see several comments here that talk about how in many parts of the islamic world Mm -hmm. that marriage is very much kind of a lottery where you marry very young to somebody that you've met a couple of times a lot of times the parents make those decisions ahead of a time and either it's wonderful it's so so or you end up with this And a divorce is a huge, huge deal. But, ugh, yeah. Man, oh man. That's sad. That's truly sad. Yeah. And like the other case we read, Mm -hmm. we will also link the, the sources for this one as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, guys. We hope you... I hate saying the word enjoyed, but you know what I mean. We're yes. morbidly interested and learn something about a case that maybe you hadn't heard of before. We're prompted to further educate yourself. Yes. By listening to those two Reddit stories. Thank you to Moondog151 and who is, were they both Moondog151? No. No. Who is the other one? And Luna's World X. Mm, Luna's World X. Yes. Thank you for putting those cases together so that we could be horrified by them. And we'll probably be giving you guys some more of these in the future because, you know, it's just fun to do. Like Mm -hmm. those blind reads gets us interested in something that we've never heard about before. So, yeah. Although it was shorter than a normal episode Mm -hmm. and we didn't do a deep dive. Yeah. Let us know how you guys feel about Mm it. Yep. Yep. And again, if you have your own case suggestions, Mm -hmm. please send them to us at campingisgmail.com or DM us. (laughs) Campingisgmail. Did I say that? We both. (laughs) Campingisgmail. Send it to campingiscanceled at Mm gmail.com and or directly DM us Mm -hmm. on Instagram. Yes. And you can find us on Instagram, TikTok at campingiscanceled. Yes. And... Uh, please make sure that you are leaving us those reviews on Apple and Spotify. That helps us out immensely. Helps our reach. We greatly appreciate it. Yes, we very much appreciate you guys. And we will be coming back at you next week with another full case. So. That's all. That's all. <laughs> Bye. Bye.